0: Welcome back to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess, part of the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Today's guest is Lori Rogers. She's the mentor volunteer coordinator at Champagne Centennial High School. Thanks for joining me today, Lori. Thanks for having me, Elizabeth. Your career has led you to this job, the perfect job for you. Can you tell me of some of your educational history and your experience up to this point?
1: Yes, I feel like this has been in the making since I was in college. I was an RA at Millikan University, and I'm a people person. I want to help people feel comfortable in an environment, and I just like building relationships with people. And then I've been in human resources Throughout my career, and I've done some volunteer opportunities that I feel just led me to the perfect job, which is being a mentor coordinator, working with people, working with kids. I have a great passion for figuring out ways to
0: build equity in different systems and community. January is Mentor Appreciation Month, and you have a few events coming up to celebrate your mentors. Before we get into some of those events, how would one even become a mentor?
1: A lot of times it's who you know, and our best recruiters are our mentors. A lot of times what happens is a person who's been mentoring in our community reaches out to a friend and says, Hey, I think you'd be a great mentor. And a lot of times that's how it begins. I was recruited initially as a volunteer at Carrie Busey Elementary School, and then I was asked to move from being a volunteer to being a mentor. And that's how my journey began. So it's a lot of who you know. Anyone can be a mentor in our community after being about 21 years old. You can go to our website at thecu121.org and sign up to become one.
0: Is it a weekly commitment? Is it couple times a week monthly how often are you expected to spend time or do you get to spend time with your child
1: it is a once a week commitment it is during the school day on school property and what happens is you usually meet during a student's lunch hour so you'll come in you'll meet with your mentee and a lot of times you and they have lunch, you play games. It's a really
0: laid back, enjoyable time. So let's say that you're spending time with your mentee, and I know it changes from fourth graders versus juniors in high school, but what are some of the activities that you've seen people do with their mentees?
1: The number one thing I feel like I see is people playing Uno. I know that I have been playing Uno with my mentee since about third grade. We play Uno pretty much as the go-to game. Besides that, it's Connect Four. Sometimes I see people playing chess, learning how to play chess, which I think is really cool is they're learning together how to play a game. Playing games, especially kind of these simple, not really high level game thinking so they can talk is the best way to go to. I have some who they do crafts together, which I think is a lot of fun. It just depends on their interests. And what we say about this mentoring program is it's student-led. A lot of times mentors worry about, oh no, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to say? But really it's just kind of this laid-back opportunity and you let the student kind of decide what direction you want to go in. And that's one of the beautiful things about this particular program. We don't have a curriculum or an agenda. We just are trying to build a relationship with students and mentors.
0: You are specifically at Centennial, but you said that you started as a mentor when she was about third grade. What is the perfect age or what is the minimum or maximum age that you can get a mentor?
1: So you can be assigned a mentor in third grade. They typically match students between third and seventh grade. However, at Centennial, there are times that I am still matching students with mentors. And it really depends on if they're community members who want to be matched specifically at the high school level. But one of the coolest things I saw in the last couple of years is transitioning from elementary school to high school. When people returned from COVID and they hadn't seen each other for a year or so, it was amazing watching the body language of the mentee and the mentor. And it was almost like this, hey, I know you. That is the cool thing about starting when they are younger is there is really this kind of knowing of who that person is, because it's been this relationship that has grown over time. And that has been the really cool thing to watch coming back from a long absence. At the same time, there are kids at high school who would like to have a relationship with someone just to kind of talk to, be present with. There is something to be said about even being in junior high school, high school of wanting to have that connection with someone.
0: That actually transitions perfectly into my next question. You request at least a one-year commitment. What is your ideal situation? How many years would you like somebody to commit to a mentee?
1: Ideally, anywhere between three and five years. But I'll be honest, I've been with my mentee for eight. I love it. I think that it has been a joy to watch this young lady grow up. And just get to know her a little bit more. In some ways, I felt like those first seven years have been just kind of this getting comfortable with one another. And then now I get to see who she really is at this stage in her life. And it's just a cool thing to watch. And as much as it sounds intimidating, it's not. And I think a lot of times when you're like, oh my gosh, to be with someone for nine or ten years, that can sound incredibly intimidating. But I feel as though if you just take it a step at a time and not have this expectation of yourself or of a student, it can be really joyful. It can be relaxing. I've told my mentee, she is the part of my week that is no expectations, very relaxing. And I know that sounds silly, but Everyone else, it seems like, has these expectations of you throughout the week. And for us, it's just
0: to be together. I love that answer. This program is part of the umbrella of the CU One-to-One Mentoring Program. How long has it been in the Champaign-Urbana schools? We
1: have been in the schools for 29 years, which it's funny because people are still getting to know us at this stage, but we've been here a long time. Barbara Linder is our founder, and now she is on our board. So she's the one that created it. And it's just been this slow building thing that has happened over time. And now we are in every school in Champaign and
0: Urbana. Part of the reason that the program has been so successful is because of the scholarships raised. Students who stay in the program through high school graduation get a college scholarship, $6,000 over four semesters and possibly an additional $8,000 for semesters five through eight. How's that money raised?
1: We have a CU Mentoring Scholarship Foundation, and people can donate to that in order for students to be able to get scholarships for future. Education. And that education is not necessarily just a four-year institution. This is any kind of educational experience that help them with a future career. It could be a trade school. It could be a beauty school. It could be something that helps them
0: along their way as they get older. Am I qualified to be a mentor Is there a qualification, say, do I need to be a counselor? Do I have to be a parent? Can anyone be a mentor? Elizabeth, you would make an excellent mentor. (laughs) That was
1: very soft sell. Do you like how I did that? (laughs) Seriously, anyone can be a mentor. It's more about the commitment and it is about the consistency. So those are really the things we're looking for because our students are looking for and thrive on stability. So if you are someone who is 21 years or older in the Champaign-Urbana community, it could even be in the surrounding areas. We have people come in from Rantoul, but if you are are willing and you're willing to commit to that. It's just about coming in once a week and meeting with a student.
0: You talked about what you get out of being a mentor. I think it would be obvious what the students get out of it. But anecdotally, can you talk about things you've witnessed a student comes in crying and by the end is hugging their mentor? Can you talk about some of the things that the students get out of it? So it's interesting to think about, right, because we see it at different stages.
1: In the beginning, it's about building a relationship with someone. It's about getting comfortable just being present with someone. So sometimes we can see kids just learn to be comfortable with someone else. Sometimes it's just that student needs a friendship or companionship and then Sometimes when you see them later on in middle school or high school, it's, hey, help me navigate these situations or just listen to me while I talk about these situations. Some of our students go through a lot of things in their life and they may never disclose it to us, but just our presence can help them make it through whatever situations they're going through.
0: Okay. You've inspired me to look into this more and I want to know, okay, what kind of training do I need to do this? There are upcoming spring semester training sessions, January 19th, February 8th, February 15th. The locations and times do vary. Where's the best place to find this information and to register for training? Our
1: website, which is cu121.org has all this information on it. And what you can do is just go on there. Our application is on there. You can download it. All you need to do is attend one of those two hour trainings. I like how I said all you need to do, but there's a few things you need to do. So it's filling out the application, attending one of our two hour trainings, then it's going through an interview process just so we can get to know you, kind of get to know your personality. What we wanna do is we want to know who you are and know who the students are and see if we can find a good match. It really is kind of getting a feel for who you think will pair nicely.
0: Someone might hear this interview after the training session or be motivated after all of the training sessions. Can they still get involved before the next training session or the next semester? Yes, they can. It is never too late to get involved. Sometimes
1: what we actually do while a person is waiting for the next set of training dates is have them come in and volunteer in our schools. So if you have a school in mind, if your kids go to a school or let's say you live by a school, What you can do is you can go into that school and just volunteer your time in a classroom or in the library. And that way you get comfortable in that environment and you can also help our community, which I think is a wonderful thing. And our schools absolutely need just that support in any way possible.
0: I have visited your office and the area where the mentors meet and you described it as a soft place for people to land. It is so much more than that. Can you talk about the snacks you provide and the games that you have and the way that you have set up the area? very fortunate. Centennial has given us
1: this beautiful space, the mentoring program, this beautiful space since we redid the Centennial building a few years ago. And so we have this lovely space for people to meet. I believe that it's important that there are places in our schools that kids can feel safe coming to if they need it. And so I have games there. I have crafts there. I have snacks and I have a punching bag there. So really it's about giving our students and our community members who volunteer with us a place just to feel comfortable and be themselves. School can be stressful. Life can be stressful. And so I think it's really important that there are those staple places wherever you work at or go to school at or learn at and just have a place to take a breath. You and I have talked about this before. Anxiety is a very real thing in life. And so sometimes... We need a break, and that includes our students as well. They need to take a break, whether it be a mental break or a physical
0: break. Everybody needs that. Long before you were active in the mentoring community, you were very instrumental, and I know you downplay it, with feeding our kids in our area. Can you talk about that program a little bit and why you got involved and why it is still so vital? Yes, I love talking about
1: feeding our kids. Feeding our kids is a community organization in Champaign County that provides snacks to school-aged children for holidays and weekends. And I absolutely believe in the organization because when kids have consistent access to food, they are able to be more successful in other areas of their life, in health, in learning. I think that's absolutely important. And I have grown up in a privileged household where I had that access. My dad was a teacher, and you've heard me say this before. He would remind my sister and I on a regular basis, you don't know what other kids are going through, and they come into school, and they are expected to perform and learn, and yet they have all these things going on in their lives. And one of those things is access to food. My mom talked about how there were times where she brought snacks with her to school for those kids who hadn't had breakfast. And it was because she knew that they weren't able to sit and focus if they hadn't eaten that morning. You know, when you grow up with parents as teachers, those kind of things stick with you throughout your life. Children's issues are really important to me, especially when you live in a community, you want to be able to help your community. Feeding Our Kids gave me the ability to help kids in my community without necessarily working day-to-day with them. And so I'm really proud they help over a thousand kids a week. And so they continue to do it. I'm no longer an active volunteer I help out with things from time to time, but I'm really proud of the work they continue to do, that they are still present and they are growing. Unfortunately, they are growing, which means there's still a need, but I am really proud of the fact that they are here, present, and a stable source in the community.
0: And it truly is a community effort because it goes from sorting to picking up to distribution. And isn't most of that volunteer led? Yes. And thanks
1: for pointing that out. Our founders, Janelle and Anne, were volunteers themselves. They started out at two different schools and two continued to grow. And everybody up until a few years ago were volunteers. Now it's almost all volunteers. We have, I think, three part-time staff members, everyone else is volunteer, which I think is amazing and a testament to the organization that they have such a community buy-in and people continue to show up. And I'm thankful for our community that they continue to give to this organization.
0: Your I have to ask question, Lori, is from the time that you grew up and you went through school to now, what would you say are the different issues that kids have? What do kids deal with now that are much bigger and different than what we had to deal with?
1: I think they're similar issues, just more intensified. Sometimes I feel like social media really has intensified things like relationships with people, right? Now you have another way of posting or advertising things that are going on in your life. I also feel like there is this feel of, missing out. You know, FOMO. I totally appreciate that feeling. And social media just kind of amplifies that. I also feel like students have worries about there's mental health issues that are now more identified or because of the expansion of social media, it feels like that can affect mental health. I also believe that violence and gun violence is more prominent in today's society and that it doesn't even have to impact you immediately. It can even be the fact it exists nearby, like a friend, a family member. So it doesn't have to be you that experienced that, but even having a loved one who's experienced that. Those things are talked about more. I think it's good that we are more open as a society talking about those things, but I also think that sometimes that can be more of a challenge because then you do have to think about those things more and how they affect you.
0: One more time, one hour a week is the commitment. Can you please tell me the one-to-one mentoring email or the best way to get in touch with you in order to sign up for this program?
1: You can go to the cu121.org website. My supervisor, Lauren Smith, is in charge of the program through Champagne. Angie Armstrong is the director in Urbana. You can Email Lauren at Smith, which is S M I T H L A, at u4sd.org. I'm Rogers, L O, at u4sd.org. You can contact us. We are happy to help you out, answer any questions. Even if you just have questions and you're thinking about it for a bit, we are happy to answer those for you. We can follow up with you six months from now. If it's like, you know, I'm interested, but I'm not ready.
0: That's totally okay, too. We're really good at following up.
1: Reach out to us. We're happy to have you.
0: Thank you for listening to I Have to Ask with Elizabeth Hess, part of the Champagne Showers Podcast Network. Lori Rogers, thank you so much for your time today.
1: Elizabeth Hess, thanks for having me.